welcome back to another episode of The View from the Rock. I'm your host, Ruck, and I'm in the Yellow Dog Studios here with Papa Swapa and Morgie. We've got some new decorations here in the Yellow Dog Studio. We've got a little something new in here, don't we? Feels looks like, amazing. Feels like we're the real deal, at least for Anacortis. I'm looking at a canvas banner that has The View from the Rock on it. Um, little sign dog insignia in the corner. Sign dog um, gifted that to us. I guess he's officially our first sponsor at this point. Um, and our three ugly mugs on it. So we don't have video, but you just painted an amazing visual picture. Um, you know, if a student turned that description into me in my class, I think I might uh, ask them for more details. But uh, you're right. Under the circumstances... I think the the listeners understand what we look like, and that's probably enough. So um, it's a big day here uh, in beautiful Anacortes, Washington. Oh, it's it's such a big day. It is the it's it's the ending of one era and the beginning of another. Twenty twenty three school is out, and twenty twenty three summer has officially begun. We have. Let me add, double check this, Ruck. I think we have seventy nine days off. You know, do do you guys count days during the summer? I have never done that. I I did last week, but then I didn't realize we have to go back August twenty eighth. I mean, so that makes it like seventy eight. I, I, I hey, I, I I know I know that there are people out there that say those darn teachers with all their time off, but I'm going to tell you what, brother, <laughs> we earned it this <laughs> year. We freaking earned it this year. Oh. We love all those kids, but we earned it. We earned it. Yeah. You know, I I would just say it would be a good learning experience for people to be in a classroom at some point and just kind of see what happens, try to be a fly on the wall. Um, there's a lot of great kids out there. Um, there's a lot more great kids than ones that, that challenge us. Um, but sometimes, you know, according to psychology, since that's my background... Uh, Me too. Negative things are more salient than positive things in our brain. And I think sometimes we lock onto those negative things throughout the day a little too much. That was tremendous use of the word salient. Can I, Jason tell us what that word means? <laughs> I know you can tell us what pesca means. <laughs> oh. I, I actually was wondering how you spell that. S-A-L-I-E-N-T. Okay. Salient. Uh, my wife, about 30 minutes ago, just told me I'm the worst speller she's ever seen. So that's just not my strong suit. I'm a, I, I'm, I, I'm a math guy. Well, and I've known a lot of people that can't spell well that are extremely intelligent people. I just think there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different learning styles and brain styles, and there's, there is a certain type of person that has a tough time spelling, no matter how much he or she reads or works on it. They just have a tough time spelling, and it doesn't make them a, a bad person. 100% agree. I know actually multiple English teachers who struggle spelling words, and they definitely have some specific words that they struggle to spell where if you read what they wrote, you'd be like, how do you not know that word? And it's just one of those words in their brain they can't get around. But I would say, Jay, you're the one who writes up our, you know, Well, yes, but I also, I also get... Get spell check. But like that's my point is that 
it doesn't hinder you. Oh, yeah. Like when we think about the values and the important things that we're trying to teach, like it's not that spelling isn't important. It's that I'm able to read the stuff that you put on our list here and it's just fine. Um, hey, so heading into our summer, what we got going on this first weekend and what are we looking forward to? We got a great weekend lined up. We have a bunch of people that we know just graduated high school. So there's been a lot of grad parties the last couple of weeks. I feel like this is the year, you know, I, my niece, Bree, and there's a lot of people that we know in that grade. Yeah, I think this is, uh, for, for whatever reason, this has been the year when we've had the most grad parties and grad party invites, which is cool. Yeah. That's, that's what we love about living here. Yeah, I've never, I've never uh, went to more grad parties and had, never had more invites. Like, I don't know, I'd say that it's a pretty special group of seniors that are graduating. Well, and, and I think it's more special for you, too, with the cross-country track kids. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, you, this group that's graduating, I taught them in fifth grade, sixth grade, and then I moved up to the middle school and taught some of them in seventh grade, had some of them again in eighth grade as TAs, and I coached some of them in high school. So I've known, known a lot of them for a long time. But, I mean, if you look at our sports season we just had, it's a special sports season, and I think that's related to the special group of kids. Well, it's we the greatest sports season ever in Anacortes history. Yeah, across the board. With all sports. It's, and it's we talked amazing. about that before. Yeah. Yep. Well, we got also uh, Father's Day coming up. I forgot about it. And then we got some summer basketball. We're heading to Spokane. Shortly, yeah. We got uh, we got a lot of travel plans coming up. Brock's still going to Australia? You know, if you judge that based upon whether I have any tickets, it would be a no, but I'm going. I still got to buy them. I was trying to get through this last week of school and everything, and my plan is this weekend. I'm going to lock it down. Um, I don't think prices have really changed that much. Um, what is the ticket right now going for to Australia? Because I just got the okay for my wife and I and Tutu. We're going in five years. You know, round trip to get to the island, you're probably going to spend two grand. Yeah. So they're going to hang out in Sydney. Yeah. And then I'm going to fly to Perth by myself. Nice. And visit Brett. Yeah. What do you fly? Do you fly? You, I think Hawaiian Air will fly there. We did. I did United. Okay. And what is the airline of of uh, Australia? Qantas. Qantas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're. You know, it's a long haul. It's going to be twenty four to thirty hours of travel. If you're going to Perth, it's probably closer to thirty. So is is that Perth? I was trying to explain to Kelly. Sydney to Perth is like Seattle to New York, mm. plus like an hour. I don't think the flight's that long. Oh. And um, there's nothing in between except maybe Alice Springs? <laughs> yes. Did I just of, make up the name of that town, or is that a real place? I'd have never heard of it. A lot of... Well, we, we, we know that because that you can get the Alice Springs chicken at the Outback Steakhouse, right? <laughs> oh, do they still have the Outback <laughs> Steakhouse over there in Burlington? The, uh, the Outback Steakhouse is closed. Really? Is it really? Yep. You know... They, so, hey, four-hour flight. Four-hour flight from uh, Sydney to Perth. Okay. Okay. That's not bad. No. No, that's shorter than I would have thought. The, the real main the issue is when you're going from Seattle, you either need to go through Hawaii, through L.A., or through Fiji. You can even go through Auckland. But you cannot, you pretty much cannot go um, one 
like no stop straight to, straight to Australia. So 1998, when I went, we flew Portland to LA, LA to Auckland, and then Auckland to Melbourne. And LA to Auckland, 18 hours, 19 hmm. hours, three hour layover in Auckland, and then a two and a half hour flight from Auckland to Melbourne. And we showed up at noon, their time. And our beer of the week might have been there ready for me. <laughs> our current beer of the week? Yes, possibly. Um, I'll, you know, I'll be damned. That's a, that's a good segue for me to actually introduce the show. We, get, we got a little excited today now that we, uh, we are on summer break. Um, today, we're going to be talking about um, upcoming concert season for our musical genre here in a second. And our beer of the week is the iconic Rainier Beer. Um, and finally, we're going to finish off with our top three scary movies. We are very excited about this podcast. We've done a lot of research, and I don't know about you guys, but today I I spent a lot of research this week, but talking to people about scary movies. It's a it's a it's a it's a conversation opener, and you know I don't know if the casual listener of the View from the Rock podcast realizes the level of research that goes into every episode, but it is exhaustive. I think this top three might be the most researched I've ever done. Uh, hey, I agree. I mean, I'm not a scary movie guy, so I uh, do you do Are you prep. not a scary movie guy because you don't like to be scared? You know, it's, it's more like that there's a, a genre of scary movies or horror movies, whatever you want to call them, that really disturb me to the point of losing sleep and changing my life. Like that's kind of how for me I would describe the best scary movies that they affect you to where the things you do during the day change because of having watched that movie. One of my movies scared me so bad that I couldn't stay home by myself. I have one that, you know, similar story and it, I was 35 years old. I happened to be fif like 15, and the first time my parents were gone ever, I watched the movie and came back and to an empty house. Wow! In 1991, this is some some great teaser material we have there. <laughs> wow! 30, oh, 35, by the way, also my age. That's nice to know. That was a long time ago. And for me. and also, just real quick, right across the street from Yellow Dog Studios is a big forest, and it's dark. In this area, we have no street lights. Here. If you look to the south, right across from Yellow Dog Studios, especially in the night, it is pitch black, and there are sounds. <laughs> Lots of sounds. <laughs> the sounds of nature. And we will get into it a different day, but I, yeah, I do uh, talk to the owls. So, <laughs> do you get? You guys have any? Uh, <laughs> Do you guys have any? Uh, we talked about summer plans a little bit. Are any of the summer plans involving concerts getting into our our musical genre here? I don't. You know, we have. I think we have one concert on the books for the summer. We have a big list of concerts coming up this year, but the one summer concert that we have plans to go to, and I'm super excited about this, because you know how I love a good hair band. We have at the Chelan Casino, they have an outdoor amphitheater in August. Well, the amphitheater is there all year, but in August. Mm. 
They have the combo of Great White and Slaughter. That's going to be so much fun. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Those are uh, prime hair bands. So I've seen Great White uh, 20, 32 years ago. 20, 32 years ago. That's 2032. 20 or 30 (laughs) years ago. I know. (laughs) So I saw them in 1992. So was that 31 years ago? Yeah. I saw them with another group that's on our list, Kiss and Trickster. Ooh. Wow. So that is the only band that we are scheduled for this summer. There's one that maybe Ruck and I might attend August 4th at Climate Pledge, and that's Greta Van Fleet. Oh, and that'd be a good one. I saw them last year in Spokane, and they were amazing. Uh, Sean Eaton, Big Worm from Portland, and then Merle, who will be our next uh, sponsor. As well as Sign Dog. Might even be a corporate sponsor. Yes, possibly. Yeah. But we might see them. You know, and if you haven't listened to Greta Van Vliet, I forget what, what a lot of their songs sound this way, but there are some in particular where I I played one for my dad this last weekend, and he had never heard Greta before, um, but he knows Led Zeppelin really well. And I just said, hey, tell me what this band sounds like. And he kind of thought there for about 30 seconds, and he goes, Led Zeppelin. Yep. And I don't know, like, you know better than I do because you introduced them to me. Um, Is that just the sound they like, or are they intentionally trying to sound like You know, I don't know. A lot of people that don't like them think that they're trying to just do that. But I don't think they have that much influence of Zeppelin. Maybe the guitar player likes Jimmy Page a little, but... Even Robert Plant said this band, like five years ago, he heard them and he's like, oh, that sounds like us. Yeah, and I I think that that's a common sound for a band. You have a singer with kind of that Robert Plant high. But he's different. Yeah. It's a cleaner sound than Robert Plant. And they're three brothers, too. The bass player and the guitar player and the lead singer. So is their last name like Van Fleet, or do you know why? No, I don't know their last name. They're from Michigan. Um, They started out really small, and then, um, you know, a couple songs took off, like Black Smoke Rising and Edge of Darkness, but they, COVID hit, and then now I think all these bands are just ready to just go crazy. That's why we have a list of like 20 in the next four months. Now, did you say when Kiss is playing? So Kiss is playing November. Yeah, and we we are that's on the books. We, we are have, booked for that. Yeah, okay. We have tickets to that, and that's the end of the road tour. And I climate pledge. Yeah, that's going to be amazing. Are we going to paint our faces? Um, probably. So I mean, I don't I'm, see why we wouldn't. I would be. Um, I think the only person in the entire climate pledge that is. A face painted that's bald. When you face paint when you're bald, do you extend it up above the dome or on the dome? I don't know. That's a great question. I was just wondering the same thing. And if you have facial hair like we all do. Do we have to cut it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it goes very well with the facial hair. I'm not. Well, maybe. I might do a Fu Manchu maybe. Well, that could be a good look. I think you go white paint on top of that. Otherwise, you go black, and it just looks like you got a black beard. So a big moment for me, a few days ago, I checked my phone in the morning, 
after a good night of sleep and Tommy Thayer had liked one of my tweets. He is the current guitar player for the last 22 years for Kiss. Oh, wow. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, here's another thing about him. Yeah. So he was on the board of trustees at Pacific University for 10 years. That's my alma mater. He's really good friends with my coach and used to, I used to work with Schumann as an assistant. They did a golf course as a fundraiser and Tommy Thayer put it on and he, I'm going to reach out to coach and see if maybe he can call Tommy and maybe try and get something going for us for that kiss concert. Like, if he texted Tommy right now, Tommy would text back immediately. Mm. So at least the door is open. And so like I always tell my wife, it's all about who you know. And we've got really good tickets for that, regardless of whether, you know, we're able we to We could make... meet the band. Oh. You know, Kiss for me is their, um, their top five for me. Oh, I'm, I'm just, wow. I fell in love with Kiss the last five months because of you swap i yeah i don't want to overuse this word but they have an incredibly large oeuvre of songs that are great yes and every song has it's almost like they've been genetically engineered to stick in your brain they have just a tremendous hook and this 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 beat to them it's it, it almost like like i said like they've been genetically engineered to stick in your brain which makes me remember one of my favorite movies, Detroit Rock City. Mm-hmm. Such a good movie. It's basically, these kids that don't have concert tickets try to sneak into the Kiss show when they come to town, right? Yeah. It's a good it's a Hey, great I one. think I can spell oeuvre now. There's a lot of E's and U's, and maybe an O. O-E-U-V-R-E. And there might be a little accent thing over one of the... Ease. Is it, is there an extra e you got in there? Oh no, you got that right. You must have looked it up. <laughs> Come on, I did. <laughs> it's it's. It, I think it's the new word of the podcast. I think if you put an L and an apostrophe in front of that, you have the Louvre. Oh. Hmm. We we might have to fact check that eventually. Wait, I want to go back oh. to something really quick. You said you've got a Twitter and that you tweet things. What is your handle, Swapper? Or is that not for public consumption? Papa Swapa. Just at Papa Swapa? At Papa Swapa. And I'm at Morgie21. I have no idea what mine is. I've never tweeted in So my life. we need to also, that's another thing now that summer has begun, we need to get on the socials for the podcast. Oh, yeah, we're going to get a... Create a Twitter account. For the view from the rock. Yes. Okay. Who's, who's in charge of that? Probably one of our kids. Yeah. I can set up the Twitter account, and then uh, we can maybe download or have photos or talk about the secret podcast. Well, we could put that banner. Yes. Yeah. I tried to, you know, I tried to create another Twitter account on my phone. Like a burner account? No, no. Like I would, <laughs> no, like I, like a spam. <laughs> I, no, I was trying to possibly create an account for the podcast. Oh. And it just was like, it didn't like it. See, I don't know how you do that. Does it? Because you're when you trying to in. sign up, you have to sign in with your phone number. Is that it? 
Yeah. So in the past when I've made, because I have like four Instagrams that I manage, I first step make a Gmail and then from there make the social media based upon it. So if we were going to make a Twitter, we'd use the view from the rock at gmail.com and then make the Twitter. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll we'll get on that when you get back from uh, camp. Okay. So another summer concert, August 1st at White River Amphitheater is The Offspring. That would be amazing. I would go, but, you know, that's more cabin trip. I would miss, I'm going to miss that and Neil Young. I think I can go if my wife wants to go, which is doubtful. She has no desire to see The Offspring, but I love The Offspring. Incredibly underrated. It's a band I don't think about enough, and then I hear one of their songs, and the sound of their guitar is just so raw. I love it. It's such energy. 1994. Smash. Like, I remember at Skagit listening to that all the time. Steve Meyer's a big Offspring fan. So, uh, fun fact, and I'm 98% sure this is true, I think Smash is the number one all-time best-selling album off an independent label. I think that was something you shared last time as well, and we probably should have fact-checked that in the meantime. Did I share that last time? Because I remember you saying that, and I th- maybe it wasn't on air when you said it, because I thought, I don't remember that one. I just know all the small things, I think, was the other one. Um, no, 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 no. That was it's the one with the, the syringe, the, the nurse. Oh, that's oh. Blink-182. Oh, sorry. And that's, oh, not, yeah, and that's yeah. not a nurse. No, no. Okay, whatever. Uh, I know. I know. Um it's the one where the swing. Isn't there one with a swing on the front? Oh, man. Maybe. Man. But I think Smash sold 15 million copies, and it was an independent label. There, There's so much, like, looking at this list. I would go to all of them almost. Oh, so another the num- summer one. It, before The Offspring, I think July 18th, it just came out, is Neil Young. Yes. And I would love to go see him. But, of course, at the cabin. I did actually cut my cabin trip short one year and went to Pearl Jam when they played at uh, T-Mobile. So I'll be at the cabin at at about the same time as Neil Young. And he's not on Spotify, but can we figure out a way to listen to Neil Young that night at the cabin? Yep. Okay. Uh, When I think of the one name on this list and I was listening to a different podcast the other day Dan Lebetard they said the hardest ticket to get to in the world Taylor Swift yep yeah absolutely like he said he was trying he had someone that always like can get everything for him and he called Dan and said hey can you help me out and get a Taylor Swift ticket so here's the deal every girl between the ages of 10 and 23 in North America wants to go to Taylor Swift. I mean, the cost. I mean, I want to. I do too. I mean, I think I I don't want to, but <laughs> I do list I have there's a couple songs that I like. So, when she was like right at the beginning when it was just her and the guitar, you know, Plucking away, singing some country stuff. That it's is like that's fearless. The, that's the best crap 
It's it's awesome. Well, when we play it in PE, like every girl requests Taylor Swift. That's it. So I go, you get one song. So here's my thing. And they're all singing. They all know the, the words. Everyone, every, every girl, girl, the whole gym is singing. singing it. Yes. So my my parents were kind of asking about Taylor Swift. Um, I would love to go Taylor Taylor Swift this summer. I know someone that sold I think nine tickets for seventy five hundred bucks. Like it's just incredibly expensive. You can go if you want to throw the money down. But I was trying to explain to them why I listen to the, her a lot, and it's something where it's I feel like you could find almost any genre in the, her music. She has went from country to very pop to f- to folk kind of music, and so I you know I played some for them, and they just were like. I've I've never heard music from her that was like that to where they wanted to hear more of it. For me, I like less of the country. It's fine. Everything she does is fine. But for me, it was more like the folklore, evermore albums, the more recent stuff that I'm more into. I don't know. I think she's amazing. There was uh, 10 or 12 or 15 years ago, country music television did a show called Crossroads. And they had, that's when Taylor mm-hmm. could fully identify as country. Yeah. And she did one with Def Leppard. So mm. she was singing Def Leppard songs with Def Leppard. Def Leppard. Yeah. And the singer for Def Leppard was singing Taylor Swift songs. That's and cool. It was so cool. That's got to be somewhere. What's his name again? Or something. Uh, is it Joe, Joe Elliott? Elliot? Yes. Hmm. And he was like, you know, my kids listen to your music. And she was like, my parents listen to your music. Mm-hmm. It was, it was cool. Uh, so a couple more that we didn't talk about that we're going to go. The White Buffalo is more towards the fall. He's October, and he's Victoria one night. And Victoria's hard to get to, especially midweek. And we've seen him. Twice. We have seen him twice. And amazing both times. <laughs> uh, maybe that's part of the secret podcast. Yes. And... <laughs> Um, Queens of the Stone Age. We are very, I'm very excited about that. And that is two nights before Vancouver White Buffalo, one night before Victoria White Buffalo. And also Tool. And Tool. What do you mean also Tool? They're there at the same time? Yeah, they're going to be like a week after that. And it's just crazy. So Sign Dog is wanting to go to all of them. And so I'm going to Tool with him. Oh, I would well, love to see Tool. Uh, the 23rd of October. So the last but time you saw... But you know saw... what, Rock? I'm talking... I'm drive, we're driving home. Is it during the week or yeah, the weekend? Yeah, during the week. It's brutal. Cross country, man. I know. But I'm just... Like, imagine that. You go to White Buffalo, Queens of the Stone Age, Tool, then Kiss. And then... We want to go to Aerosmith, Black Rose, but well, we got to check the basketball schedule. Well, and don't forget, doesn't uh, Macklemore have a show in December at Climate oh, Pledge? Oh yeah, he hasn't played since. He's two nights. He just got right? a new album. He did his recording on Orcas Island. What? Yeah, I just read the read an article about him. You oh. know, I've met Macklemore. Yes, you have. When was this? When my son was at Children's, oh. and they sent the celebrities in. Yeah, and they had some some clowns. And he did not like the clowns. Mm. But then shortly thereafter, after the clowns, Mrs. Swap left the room. And as soon as she left the room, Macklemore came in. So who went, the, who went right and who went left? 
Russell Wilson went right. And Macklemore went left. And you know what? I win. <laughs> Ty says that you uh, were more excited than he was. About Macklemore? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he's laying in bed. Well, Ty, Ty looked awful at that point in time. And Macklemore comes in, and his handler comes in and says, we got a special guest for you. And, and Macklemore is like 5'7", 130. Really? He's tiny. And he's got on his name badge his real name. His name is Ben? Yep. Haggerty? Yes. Yep. And I, so I saw that, and I said, are you really Macklemore? And he's like, yeah, I'm really Macklemore. And I was, I, I said, <laughs> did you shake his hand? Oh yeah, and I got pictures with yeah, him. Yeah, I remember you. That was like my first year at the school, and you texted me. I'm like, what? Yeah, because that was when he was on fire. Oh yeah, it was it was cool. So I think I've said this before, but Bellingham, when I was in school going to Western, it was a. I think it's probably always a great time to see shows, but at the time Macklemore was like small time. And so he would come do like the, um, oh man. Mount Baker Theater? No, smaller. The the one that we saw. Um, mm. What's his Lanigan? name? Lanigan? Yeah, the one we saw Lanigan at. The, the Wild buff- Buffalo? Wild Buff, yeah. Oh, sorry. yeah. I kept thinking White Buffalo. The Wild Buff, yeah. He would do these small time shows up there. Like it was, it was awesome. Well, real quick, speaking of Lanigan and like Queens of the Stone Age, Josh Holm, he was part of. Screaming Trees for a little bit. He was a rhythm guitar player. He's in um, a, a video with them. He's best. He was best friends with Lanigan, the lead singer of Queens of the Stone Age. Hmm. Wow. Are they considered? And he's a- buddies with uh, Dave Grohl because Grohl is drummed for Queens. So how about that video we watched yesterday in my room? Oh yeah, the first ever playing of. Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit. And nobody knew the song. It's like in a club, there's 40 people there. And no one's screaming. And the lyrics are different. Sure, okay. The lyrics are different. And then you look, and Dave Grohl looks like he's 14 years old, and he's playing the guitar. Or, sorry, playing the drums in the back. Wow. So, real quick, one that we didn't... Guns N' Roses. Ah, that's another one. It's just weeknights are tough. And I saw Guns N' Roses, and they sucked. But Duff, Mc- yeah, and I don't really care to see him anymore. I just think they did it for Seattle because of Duff. Yeah. I mean, they're du- I would have loved to, you know, I, that 94 tour. Um, but Everclear, you're a big Everclear guy. Yeah, I like Everclear in there. Are they playing in Portland? No, they're in Seattle at a small venue, and I think it's the same. honestly the same week as Queens of the Stone Age and... White Buffalo. It might might even be one of the same nights. And then my other guy that you guys don't know that's in the summer at the Tractor Tavern in Ballard is Dave Alvin. Don't sleep on Dave Alvin. I've heard of the Tractor Tavern. That's a good spot. I do not know who Dave Alvin is. What kind of genre is he? Uh, I assume country, since that's where he's playing. Country, folk, rockabilly kind of a thing. He's Ro- good. Rockabilly? Peckerwood music. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure what you're saying there. <laughs> no, you can say that. No, that's... No, I'm not saying you can't say that. I'm not sure what all that means. Kind of... 
country, but not quite country. It's country. Like a little, like rock a little, country? A little, like if you were from somewhere upriver? Mm. You mean like Hamilton? Yeah, like just more in the woods? <laughs> When you say I like, there's know. more yes. fiddles and things like that, or what? <laughs> there's a banjo. No, he's good, Dave Alvin. Okay. He's got he had a great album about 20 years ago called uh, 25 maybe called The King of California. And did you say when this concert was? It is, I believe, in July. Okay, at the Tractor Tavern. But just amazing amount of shows. Oh, oh. and there's actually one coming up pretty soon that we didn't put on the list, and that's June 24th at Buxton's and Duro is playing. Oh yeah, we're going. 7 p.m. I'm you're not gonna be there, swap. Oh <laughs> crap. June 24th. Yeah. I have to miss that. You're coaching the all-state game. I am. Whoa. Yeah. How does something like that happen? They ask you to. Do you know what their process for that is? Maybe that's my better question. I think they contact old people who've been coaching a long time. Okay. And they've, they've asked me a couple times before, and I haven't been able to because of my kids' stuff or my own summer baseball stuff. And this year, I finally said First time, be. then. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we... Uh, okay. Uh, what, we also you have some, some breaking news here? Yeah, something else that's happening that weekend. Uh, Papa Swapa is being inducted into the Washington State Baseball Hall of Fame. What? Wow. Uh, the same. That's weekend. breaking news to me. Well, it's breaking news to everyone because some people at work today found out. Oh, and I'm not sure how. I don't know how because I kept it quiet. I appreciate that. Yeah. Wow, the baseball Hall of Fame for Washington State. So, what do you enter as far as like uh, with stats? Like, what is is it based upon your win loss record? I think like, just longevity, being an old guy that's been around for a long time. So, like, when they read off your stats, are they going to include your your like batting average when you played, or are they think no, it's a coach? co- coaching. It's coach coaches association hall of fame. Okay, yeah. Do you know what your win loss record is? I do. I'm not going to say that on the air, though. Yeah, I wouldn't make you say it. Yeah. Um, hey, that's great. I want. I want. What an honor! Great <laughs> I job. W- I want to. I know. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> that's for a different day. Not necessary, but I know. Um, maybe yes. the, maybe the secret podcast. Swap, that's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. So is that, um, we have to maybe find find out possibly, father, son, coaches in state Hall of Fames. Yeah, that's a good question. And it's got to be really low. Yeah. And my dad had uh, well over 600 wins. He's the winningest coach in the state of Washington history. Yeah, for softball. Is that for softball, but like how close is he just like for any sport? Like that's got to be up there. It's up well, there. It's, it's more than Well, it's got to be it's either foot it's either basketball or softball yeah, it wouldn't or be baseball. Football. There's just not enough games in Yeah, the there's there's some guys that have a ton of wins, but um you know, you you think about it, two hundred winning two hundred games, that's that's uh, essentially ten years winning twenty games a year. That that's hard to do. 
And then there are guys that have 300, 400, and that's really hard to do. And, and you know, I think my, it gets harder every year. And my dad had 600. Oh, I know. Unfathomable. Um, do you know, like, is this going to be uh, with a class of people that you're going in with? Do you know some of the other people in the class? Yeah, one in particular is our current, I don't know if I can say this or not, but I don't see why I couldn't. He's the current uh, Washington Education Association president, Larry Delaney. Wow. Before he got into WIAA? Yeah, he was the uh, he was a baseball coach at Lakewood for like 20 or 25 years. Lakewood, our Lakewood, or in Tacoma? Uh, ours here. Wow. That's awesome. So anyway, yep. that's why he's going to be gone that weekend. That's why I'll miss Enduro. The last time I saw Enduro was on Guimas Island. I was at that show. It was a great show. It was a great show. I saw him down at Labor Day down at Seafairs. I believe at that one, Bob had a great drum solo. I don't know if you recall that. Mm, Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they always bring the energy. Hey, it's got to be so awesome to walk onto the ferry on Guimas and go over to the general store. And do we live in the greatest place in the world or what? We do. Hey, We're, Oregon boys, we live in the greatest place on earth. We wake up and piss excellence. That's so, what we or, do. Oregon boys, I just want you to know that in the summer here in Anacortes, Washington, we can walk onto a ferry... Walk from Morgie's house, walk from the Morgie compound to a ferry, take a 10-minute ride over to a general store, watch a concert with our buddies. And serves beer. And then ride the ferry back. And then walk home. Or ride your bike home. And they serve amazing food there, too, don't they? Yeah. They got great beer and food and yeah. ice cream and all you're, kinds you're, of crap. Uh, one of your current players works there. That's right. <laughs> and when I asked, I told him, I said, I thought, uh, that'd be a great place for me to work. He said, cool, coach. There's a lot of old people that work here. <laughs> See, I don't consider us mm. old. Well, you know, there's a reason why there are shows and movies that you guys have seen and I haven't. <laughs> oh. Well, anyways, uh, we're about to get to some movies here. Uh, I think we're going we're gonna to take a break, and then we're going to talk about our beer of the week, Rainier Beer. Uh, I should have said it more like Rainier Beer. We'll talk about that. The motorcycle sound. The commercial. Yep. And we're going to follow that up with our top three scary movies. It's going to be awesome. Welcome back to the View from the Rock podcast. I'm your host, Rock, and we're about to talk about our beer of the week. Our beer of the week is a longtime favorite here in the Pacific Northwest. It is Rainy Near Beer. And I say it that way because there's an iconic commercial that went along with that. Um, first of all, here's kind of what the Brewers Notes would say or review would say about Rainier Beer. Um, it's a mountain fresh Rainier was brewed for the great outdoors. Rainier Beer brings together nature's bounty from the great Northwest. We use golden barley to produce a beer rich in taste and texture. Fermented slowly with a pedigree yeast culture under tightly controlled conditions, Rainier comes forth with a satisfying malty flavor over a slightly fruity background spiced with Chinook, Mount Hood, and Willamette hop notes. Brewed in Golden, Colorado. I didn't realize it was brewed in Golden, Colorado. Hmm. 
Uh, Untapped gives it a three out of five with 60,000 views. And Jason added a note that it's definitely a one and not a zero. You know, I equate it to PBR, which we've talked about before. It's an easy drinking beer. It's one of those beers that you need in the lineup where if you've got some things that you need to get done that day, it's it's fine to have it. It's, it's not going to cause you any problems. It's definitely a great lawn mowing beer. Oh, that's a great description. Like yeah. I would have a Rainier on my dad's John Deere in the cup holder. Two or three maybe because it's a two-hour lawn. I think you just dropped the mic. <laughs> wow. That's what we should have led with. It's a great lawn mowing beer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even more so because lawn mowing isn't that hard, but weed eating. Weed eating gets you sore and tired. The lower back starts to ache. You need a little break. You put it down. You go grab a Rainier, and it rejuvenates you for the rest of the job. Most people do not have a lawn in this town that requires a riding lawnmower. No, there's no... In if town. If you're not familiar with the topography of Fidago Island, nice. Uh, there is not very much flat ground. And I feel like the Morgie compound has a lot of grass that needs to be mowed. It is the last bastion of mm. flat ground in Anacortes. So Papa Pat bought a riding lawnmower in 1995. Unheard of here. The same exact month that I left for college. Because otherwise we had to push more. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> so um, I enjoy ri- mowing the lawn. But anyway, yeah, rainier. Tell, tell us about this commercial because if you're a younger listener, such as myself, you did not actually see this commercial on TV. You may have seen it afterwards, but it was a pretty iconic commercial. So maybe 80, 81? Yeah, I think we were we were in our youth. Yes, I was... A couple years younger than you, but I yeah. just remember watching this commercial. Would you describe it, Swap, real quick? Yeah, there there is a two-lane country road. Maybe it, like Enumclaw. It it looks like Enumclaw. Because it's, yes. Mount Rainier, the namesake of the beer, is in the background. And there is a motorcycle coming at you. And it starts to make a motorcycle sound. But it's a man saying it. Yes. But you could almost do it with a motorcycle. If you hear a motorcycle shifting, it almost sounds like they're saying... Rainier beer. Yes. 100%. I hadn't heard it before. I just, you just played it earlier today, and it sounds exactly like... Like, the, that commercial is amazing. But it is the Northwest beer. Yes. It is the Northwest beer. You I, have Mount Rainier. You have the, the R, the iconic R in Rainier. And the, and the Mount Rainier in the R. Mount Rainier is in the loop of the R. We used to call it vitamin R. Yes. Mm. Rain R, yeah. I, I, there's, you know, if I think about Northwest beers, it's Rainier and Olympia. Do you remember driving through Seattle when you were a kid in the yeah. Rainier Brewery? Yeah. You were like, oh, my God. Right next. That's where to, they like, make it. Close to Safeco and Quest or the old names. Yeah. 
Do they still have that? No. S- the I know the brewery's not there. The building, I think, still is. Does, do they still have an R on it? No, it moved to Tully Coffee, too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But I do you remember driving through Olympia? Yeah. And, uh, and you turn the corner, and then on the left... The Olympia Brewery. And you could have a tour? Yes. So I noticed Rainier is now brewed in Golden, Colorado. Is that Coors Bottom? They must have, and that's where the Coors Brewery is. So I toured that in 1993. So it says, according to the internet, the the brand um, is currently owned by Pabst Brewing Company, which... Oh, PB, yeah. Go figure. Pabst owns Rainier, and they taste pretty similar. Sort of the... Either one's the go-to for the same scenario. It's, it's a, a great beer to send off the last day of school. Oh. Beautiful. You know, it's also a good sit-in-the-boat beer. It is. If you're, if you're on the pontoon boat at the cabin, and it's 90 degrees, and you're starting to open a beer at noon, that's a great beer to have for the next five hours. It's an endurance beer. It's what, you know... You might call a session. It's it's not your typical session because it's not three and a half or four percent. It's what four nine or something like that probably, but it's an endurance beer. You're you're gonna need to get some stuff done. You've got a lot going on in the day. You're just gonna have a beer. You know, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, but there are things out there. You know, it came up when Untapped rated PBR two point eight, and I think they rate Rainier a three. Yeah. But a 2.8 is a 2.8. Life needs 2.8s. Life needs quarter pounders with cheese. Life <laughs> needs the Brady Bunch. Yeah. Life needs Thursday night football. No one's saying it's the it's the peak. No. But it, it really hits the spot. You're not going to put this in a fancy glass and have it with brie. Mm-mm. I was just thinking about when you said, you know, life needs a 2.8. Earlier in the podcast, I was going to say, life, we need some toe tappers when we talked about the bands. You know, Warrant. I've been listening to Warrant. Warrant, they might be a 3.2, but they, every song Warrant plays, and I'm sorry for you haters out there, I love a good hair band. They wrote good songs. And you, you know immediately when, Papa Swappa is loves the song because he's toe tapping. Oh, and he's finger tapping. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> hey, um, we got our final segment of the show today. Rainier, top- the warrant of beers. <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, we have our top three scary movies, and you know, like we alluded to, we talked to people in our lives and definitely got an idea for some movies we hadn't thought of. Um, movies that we didn't consider were part of that either scary or horror genre or just forgot about. Uh, I would personally say I struggled with this category because I just don't watch them very often. I'm a little bit odd in that I'd rather hear about the true life stuff. Like I'll watch a serial killer documentary any day. And if you ask me to watch a horror movie, I'm going to, I'm going to think what about was the that. documentary. What, serial killer documentary? Yeah. I mean, which one? I've watched a lot. The one I was watching recently was called Catching Killers on Netflix. Yeah, is it, it's pretty intense. It has one, one of the episodes is about the Green River Killer. And there's another one that's about a serial killer down in 
somewhere in Oregon. Hey, did you watch Mindhunter oh, on Netflix? It. Isn't that love good? It. So I'm I'm trying to get into it. Mindhunter? Yeah. I mean, they've only got two seasons. They were supposed to move on to a third, and they said that they had planned to do the BTK killer, which is actually one of the episodes of Catching Killers. Um, and the, but the BTK killer is kind of um, pervasive throughout the first two seasons it, of Mindhunter. It's like they're leading up to him being yeah. sort of... the So, so the, the show is based around the idea that back in the day, the FBI was trying to create a profile, a psychological profile for serial killers so that they could identify them easier. Um, and so I think that, yeah, they were trying to get to the BTK killer in the series, but they, they haven't yet. The, season two ends with them alluding to it. So, yeah. Rock, when you were, when was the first time that you ever heard about the Green River Killer? Um, you know, I think when I was young, he finally was caught because he had been, I'm, I can't even remember his name now. What it, Gary Ridgeway. Yes. Yeah, there you go. So, obviously, when he was what in it in the peak of his spree, I don't, I don't think I was alive yet, or I was super young. No, because when he was eventually caught, it was years later, and he was a much older man. Yeah, but I I, I mean, growing up, that was just part of our life. Yeah, and I ended up going to Green River Community College, and so we. When I was in sixth grade, we had a baseball tournament and we stayed on the Green River in mm. a campground. This is 1987. So I think he ends up getting caught because finally DNA evidence becomes a thing. And yes. they go back and they had preserved some of it and they ended up catching it. But I remember asking my dad, are we safe? He goes, yes. We are all safe because we are male. Yeah, well, he was targeting prostitutes, was he not? Yeah, so we were good. But just, that was a thing. Yeah. And the crazy part that I didn't realize, and this is, we have went way down to tangent because this is not a scary movie thing. This is a serial killer thing. Um, Still could be a scary movie. I mean, for sure. But our, uh, um, one of our state officials was the sh the detective on the case. Uh, became um, sh like state sheriff or whatever. Right? Reichert? Reichert, yeah. Dave Reichert. Yeah. He was the... The detective. Uh, and so he's actually on Catching Killers, and he's like the guy they're interviewing as they talk about going through this whole procedure. Do they have an episode about Ted Bundy? I don't think they do, but Netflix is an extensive documentary just about him that's really good, and I've watched it multiple okay. times. You know, because he, there's a running joke about Ted Bundy with everyone in the Oregon clan. Right. My buddy Colin has a shirt. That Ted Bundy was a husky. Yes, and it's yellow. And he wears it every time he comes up, and he wears it to Safeway. <laughs> and he does it on purpose just to see how many people will look at him funny. <laughs> it is one of the greatest things. Different. That's, hey, that's a secret podcast. So let's get started with these top three scary movies. Um, we didn't talk about who wanted to go first. Someone feel, feeling called for it. Otherwise, I'll, I'll hit away. Go for it, Rock. Okay. So I'm reaching deep into the well here. When I was in college, there was a, I don't even remember what the class was, uh, some sort of in-depth English class I had 
or something related to movies. And we watched a movie that was called Nosferatu. And it was a movie from 1922. It was a black and white silent film. And it was the original vampire movie. It was based upon Bram Stoker's vampire. Um, Nosferatu in, gosh, is it Hungarian or, or Romanian? is just synonymous. It means the same thing as vampire. Um, the, the Can you say it one more time? Nosferatu. You have a little... Uh, it's spelled N-O-S-E... Um, N-O-S-F-E-R-A-T-U. Because in the middle, you you have a little I'm Spanish. kind of rolling my R. Yeah, you're rolling your R's. Um, yeah, so like it's interesting for a couple reasons. One is Nosferatu is not maybe what we would normally think in all ways about how we see vampires. Like he was almost more mouse looking, like teeth are more to the middle, not the big fangs on the side. He's got these bulging eyes. Um, it, it was almost like this disease they caught, like this black plague that came from like the dirt and um, almost, you know, sort of bubonic plague-ish. And there's just this like, haunting eerie gothicness to it that as you watch it it is just like it haunts you very eerie and very gothic i think you described it well it's even in even a hundred years later uh you look at the the images from that film and it's got a creepiness to it, it it's really hard to describe until you watch it yeah it's not like someone's gonna there's no jumps scares it's not. No, it's a silent movie. Yeah. So I just pulled it up real quick. It says the movie was banned in Sweden. Yes. Due to excessive horror. It, and it, it was lifted in 1972 after 85 years. I wonder if movies were banned for excessive horror, how that would affect society today. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the horror movies now are just different. Yeah, than they are. we were growing up. Yeah, like we'll talk about it when we get there. Yeah, anything else, Rock? Um, I mean, it it was a German movie. Um, like I think it was like they call it German expressionism. Um, the the guy who made the movie, um, it's like Morneau or something like that. Uh, he was he had a lot of really well known silent films at the time. Um, and what he did in there was pretty revolutionary. From like framing the shots and and the cutting and there's even like almost a montage at one point um it was really ahead of its time i want to say that you can just even watch it on youtube so you know it's worth a watch it's pretty intense um most people might watch it today and go it's not scary but if you're really paying attention it's it's going to be weird haunting and I would agree. I mean, it's 100 years old, and it still can kind of... And you've, you've seen it, Swap? Yeah. Well, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. I'm going to start watching a lot of horror movies this summer because of this podcast today. 100%. I mean, so there were so many movies I realized that are just part of our culture that are well-known that I hadn't seen, which, surprise, surprise, right? <laughs> I know. But, like, I felt more like, yeah, I should have seen that, like... I Who wants to go next? I'll go next. Okay. okay. So my number three, and I if we did this tomorrow, I'd have a different number three. But yeah. my number three, 
So 15 years ago, I had one kid. He was sick. I stayed home from school. He took a nap. So I'm going to watch a movie. We've all, as parents, been there. Great. You know, he's asleep. I'm going to take a nap. So I put on The Descent. (laughs) It's 1030 in the morning on a sunny day at school. And I had to turn the damn thing off because it scared me too much. And it's light out. Yes, in the middle of the day, and I'm 35 years old. So these women are cave explorers, and they go into a cave, and in the caves are some sort of primitive, um, you know, screwed up species of humans that are cave dwellers, so they can't really see. And they end up having a fight for their lives with, against these people that live in caves. So this sounds stupid, but the movie is really done well. And there's a point in the movie where they there's like a fight to a death and blah, blah, blah. And this woman continues down the cave. And this is the point where I had to turn it off. They pan up to the, the, like the roof or the ceiling of the cave. And there's one of these little cave people just clinging to the top of the cave looking at her. Hmm. And you turn it off right there. I was like, freaking done. And then you never <laughs> watched the rest. No, I did. I finally ended up watching the rest like two days later. But it, it, I'd turn it off in the middle of the day. I'm like, I cannot do this right now. It, Are that you, was on uh, the honorable mention list that I have written down. Was it really? Yes. Have you uh, ventured into any cave since? Are you a little claustrophobic? Have you, or? Like the caves at Cranberry? Oh, hell no. You know, I went into the caves at Cranberry when I was a kid, but not after seeing that movie, if I thought about that. Well, see, for me, that's a defining feature of what makes something scary, is if it affects like your behavior in the real world. After going, you watch the movie. Yeah. Like you're going, you know what? I realize this isn't reality, but there's enough of you that thinks maybe I, you know, when you think about um, like a phobia, it's an irrational fear. One that we even recognize for ourselves is an irrational fear. Like I have a little bit of um, arachnophobia, which actually would have been a good movie for someone to put on their Mm -hmm. horror list. Mm. Um, But like I, I'm a little afraid of spiders, but I realize nothing's gonna bad bad is gonna happen to me. But you have this this physical reaction that you can't overcome. So in the house I grew up in, there was it was two stories, and to walk up the stairs to my bedroom, there was a window at the base of the stairs, and it was on the dark side of the house. And I grew up watching all kinds of scary movies. I did it to myself, but I was scared all the time. <laughs> but we did like that's what we did. And this window at the bottom of the stairs. Every night, I would sprint past that up the stairs because oh, yeah. I didn't want to freaking... It was on the dark side of the house, yeah. and I just knew something was over there looking at me, and I would sprint up the stairs. Well, we talked about like where we're at in Yellow Dog Studios. Yeah. The Morgie compound at night is dark. Dark. The boys sprint home from Papa's house. Oh, yeah. Through the grass because they're scared. They're scared of what 
isn't out there. They're just scared of the dark. Everyone scared of what they don't know. Everyone at some point was probably scared of the dark. I was. Oh yeah. I would always run. Like they're even scared of the basement. Well, and you know what? They want the lights on before they come down here. Going to the 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 movie The Descent. It's they're in the dark. They're in a cave and it's dark. And once I started hunting and going up in the middle of nowhere at four in the morning and you have a flashlight, but you're on the mountain, you just it just got better. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, imagine just at ten o'clock tonight, just us taking a walk up to Cranberry. And you guys don't live by yourself. I'm sure you did at some point. I assume you did. But it's uh it's when you live by yourself, you hear sounds mm-hmm. that you go, "What? What is that?" And the the part that freaks me out the most is because I've got some surround sound in my main part of my living room. I'll hear something as I'm watching TV, and I'll have to pause it and be like, "Was that? Was that just on the TV, or am I am I hearing things?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, cave exploring, spelunking, right? Spelunking. Mm. Love. Spelunking. Is that a new term for you? Yes. Nice. Spelunking. That's I'm going to write them down. So you... a minute, a couple minutes ago, you said the caves at Cranberry. Does yeah. anybody need to explain that? Because there might be people listening that think we're crazy. So uh, nearby the Yellow Dog Studios, the Morgie Compound is the forest lands to the south of us. There are trails that leave here that go up to Cranberry Lake. Little Cranberry is a small little lake in Anacortes. Big Cranberry is located Deception Pass State Park. So we have this lake that we grew up going to. We spent all day up there. Crawdad, diving for crawdads, swimming. Jumping off rocks. In the 60s, my dad used to duck hunt up there. They were called the D Avenue Boys. Did did you know that? I did not know that. (laughs) Because there was nothing on D Avenue on the west side. Yeah. It was all forest. My my dad used to live on just to the east of D. Um, So anyway, there's a cave up uh, on the east side of Cranberry that you can go to. And it was a, a copper mine. Yes. Yeah. So Rowan has been up there a few times. Brennan has. Yeah. I haven't been up there in 30 years. I've right. Never, never been in there. Well, Rock, if you want, we can take you there. Dude, I... It's a probably an 18-minute walk from right here. I'm a bit of a weenie, and I also got some claustrophobia, so I'm not what about, I what about Well, now technology, we have good headlamps. Yeah. I mean, if the three of us want to go up there, I'll follow behind you. Okay. That might be something that we do and then talk about it on the next podcast. I agree. Nice. <laughs> you know what? We could probably record it live, too, as we oh, go. Oh, we could. So, number hey, so we're going to get back here? Yeah. yeah okay. Num- what's my your number, number three? three? And I changed my list 10 times this week. But when, I, when it comes down to it, this movie, when it made, it made me, I was scared. When I left the movie and came home, it happened to be the first time that my parents left me home alone when I was 15. Okay. And I had just finished the movie. So you were 15. I came home, and I couldn't stay by myself. So this is like 1991 when this movie came out. 
Um, I think uh, he won an Academy Award, possibly, but it's Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah. Ruck? That silence you hear is a pretty ominous silence, huh? You th- you're looking at me because you think I haven't seen it? Yes. Yeah, you're right. I haven't seen it. You have not seen it? So Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster. Foster. Yep. She is Clarice Starling. Yeah. Or Sterling. Starling. And she is newly FBI, and then she's on the hunt for Buffalo Bill. Yeah. And Hopkins is already detained, and yeah. she goes to meet with him and talk about him. Um, just uh, the scene when Buffalo Bill is in the house with her, and he's got the night vision goggles on. Oh, my God. And literally is two feet from her, and it's complete darkness. And she's trying to find him. Yeah. But just the... That's I mean, a great I have goosebumps call. right now. Oh so is the God. idea that he's like a serial killer? He's a and, serial killer, and, and they're trying to find him. So Jodie no. Foster is like a she's like a low level FBI agent, and uh, they send her to interview Hannibal Lecter. Yes, to get some insight into this serial killer, mm. and he will only speak to her. Yes, mm. so he gives her clues, and he clues about what about. Uh, bu- Buffalo Bill, and so who? they're trying to catch him oh. by using Hannibal Lecter, who's locked up. So, Ruck, you haven't seen this. It's that it, actually sounds a lot more intriguing when you described it that way. I no, never it, felt it, like I was interested in watching. It transcends genre. It's a really, really good movie. Wow. Okay. And then it turns into three other movies. What do you mean? So there's Hannibal. Okay. Because Hannibal Lecter at the end of the movie escapes. Ooh. So he's super smart. Yeah. Super, yes. And so he somehow, I don't even know if I can say it. Probably not on this podcast. No, it's got to be secret when we talk about the ending of the movie. Um, I will also, like, it just, it's freaky. I will also say it's a really good book. It is. So by the, Thomas all Harris. The, all, Thomas Harris, all the books. I read them. The Red Dragon. So The Red Dragon is the prequel and, of how Hannibal Lecter becomes Hannibal Lecter. And Silence of the Lambs is the actual name of the book as well? Yes. And then it goes into, he um, at the end of the movie, he calls Clarice from like Europe. And his voice is so distinct. Like, if he called us right now, I would run. If Anthony <laughs> Hopkins showed up in your basement right now, oh, I would God. die. <laughs> and the, the end of the movie is the phone call. Hi, Clarice. Doesn't And, and she goes, Mr. Lecter. Remember how she said Mr. Lecter? Oh, uh, Jodie Foster was the best. Dude, she did. It was, it's freaking good. Mm. So, okay, Brock, I'll try it. I'll watch it with you. Sounds good. I got goosebumps right now. Ruck, I don't think it would be a movie that would... It's it scary. Would, it would scare you. But I don't think it would be like... No, it's not. Like, well, you'd be fine. The reason why... I mean, stuff that I normally don't want to watch on my own is the paranormal stuff. The, See, the that's nothing like that. stuff. Yeah. Like, exorcism, things like... No. No, thank you. Like not, the, not doing it. The exorcist. Yeah. 
I remember going to see Silence of the Lambs at Kent Cinemas my freshman year at Green River. Um, just amazing. I saw it with Shelly Stamey and Katie Ijams. <laughs> wow. And, so, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I hope the... one of them is listening to the podcast. I They are not. Okay. Okay, number two for Ruck. Yeah, number two. So, you know, I think that this is the, it's probably the least scary in some ways, this number two for me, but it really follows in my mind the idea of a movie changing your behavior, your mindset sort of a thing. Um, and I think that if you were to describe it, you'd say it's like a slasher movie. A slasher movie is there's some unstoppable force that you don't understand and you can't do anything to stop that you, you feel like at any point it could get you and you don't know how or why it's almost like magical. So for me, Jaws, Jaws is my number two. When I, when I watch that after watching it, I, at this point still, I don't feel super comfortable being in the water when I don't know what's underneath me and I can't touch the bottom. Dark water. Is that what that's called? Dark water? Yeah, where you can't see the bottom. Yeah. And it's like like a, a deep lake. Yeah. And 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 then to add on like what also makes that movie special as far as, you know, okay, it's a slasher, it it messes with your mind as far as thinking that the water's not safe, even though we know there's probably not great whites up here in the Pacific Northwest. It's the soundtrack. Like that that sound is iconic. Just the first couple notes, you recognize it. And it adds the sort of ominous, haunting nature to what's coming your way. And they play it different ways even in the show. Like they'll do it super slow and you hear that note and you go, oh, okay, here's the shark. Like you, ugh. And it so just gets prog- progressively louder. Yeah. And it's a great movie. I could watch it any day. Dude, Spielberg is amazing. It's a great movie. When when Richard Dreyfus and Roy Scheider and Robert Shaw Oh Robert Shaw are on the boat. <laughs> oh God. The shark hunter. And he's just trying to kill the boat and they're the boat's sinking. Yeah. And you know, you thought that I mean the idea is that no family is safe, right? That you're going to you've got this juxtaposition of this is almost like a um, this carnival town, like uh, maybe a long or a, a resort. It's kind of like a East Coast resort town. Yeah, I was thinking like Amity. Yeah, Amity Island. Yeah, uh, not Jersey City, but like you know the yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about yeah, out there, like sure. Coney Island. Yeah, maybe, yeah, or something yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. And so people are coming there on vacation, and yeah, they're looking mm-hmm. for a good time. That's the idea. Is this is a vacation town, and that's juxtaposed with just horror, where you have kids that are ending up getting killed by this thing. And it's not like, oh, it's accidentally the shark doing it. It feels like the shark is hunting anything that's in the water. It's a great movie. Oh, and um, I don't know if you went to Universal Studios. I have. But I went in 1988. And when it, when you see Jaws coming up at you, you're like, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Like you can tell. And that was like, you know, when the movie came out, 
I think the first time I saw it was when I was eight so or nine. I think I went to Universal in 2000 with my family, and you go on the little tour, yes. and you see the Jaws thing. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Because we watched it like in the mid-80s. Yeah. I, as soon as I watched that one time, I spent a lot of time in the pool. I was swimming, swim team. Um, I was afraid of the deep end at Fidalgo Pool because I thought Jaws would come out from the side. In the Wh- pool. In Wh- the pool. Which is so irrational. Phobia. Even though I can see the bottom. <laughs> and it's a pool. Yes. And I would swim faster to the shallow end. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, that's, that's a scary movie. <laughs> when you actually are... You know that there's nothing that's going to happen to you, but you think that... But it affects your life. Yeah. Yes. And some of these movies that we're about to name Mm. affected our lives. Absolutely. So my number two, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yeah. That's my 3A. That's Freddy Krueger, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, the whole premise was he kills you when you sleep and you dream. So, you try not to sleep. Yes. So after I watched that, I didn't want to sleep. Oh. <laughs> Have you seen that, Ruck? No. Oh. Oh my, oh my God. God. <laughs> the Here we the go. Hey, <laughs> hey, DJ Kukin. He wants to. He he's never met Ruck. He's like this guy's amazing. <laughs> I lo- I love him and hate him. <laughs> like. <laughs> So you've never seen that? No. Okay, so the whole premise is uh, Freddy Krueger was a child killer. One, two, Freddy's, Freddy's coming after you. <laughs> Three, four, the lock your door. Parents killed him, but he, in some sort of paranormal thing, now can kill people in their dreams. So Robert this, England. Yes. As this movie goes on. That's the actor, right? Yeah. These teenagers are falling asleep and being killed in their dreams. So they wake up, or they obviously don't wake up, but they just find them and they're just lifeless. They're slaughtered. Yes. Oh, so they actually are like cut up. They're yes. Okay. So the main character figures this out and she refuses to sleep. Oh, yeah. No, that was the game changer of when we were growing up in the 80s. Yes. And it, it's Because not... there was always... there were The movies were amazing. Like, we had the best... If you think about it, for no technology from, like, 80 to 87 was yeah. amazing for us. That's all we would do, is we would rent horror movies. We'd rent movies. And we would sleep over. And there'd be, like, five kids hugging each other. <laughs> For five hours, it was the greatest not era. To, Don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep. No, you'd rent horror movies. That's what we yeah, did. That's what we did on a weekend. Yeah, in yes. high school, we would we'd go rent horror movies and stay at somebody's house and yeah. watch them. Yeah, and stay up all night and be scared. Oh, I never crapless. had that experience. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! But Nightmare on Elm Street, I literally would be like, okay, I'm not sure. Totally, I want to sleep tonight. Oof. <laughs> that would mess me up. I mean, the idea that you wouldn't want to sleep just because of a movie. That was brutal. that 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 was close for me for number 3 cuz there's been like 3 or 4 of them. Movies that make you not want to sleep. No, The Nightmare on Elm Street oh. Part 2, okay. Part 3. So, 
it doesn't get solved at the end of first the first movie. No. Or they think it is, but it's not. And he had those claws that he would just oh, he would rake them off like some like a metal pipe or something Aww. and you could hear them coming. That was a nice little sound effect. And the uh the striped sweater oh. and the long arms and his face. Oh my god. It was burned because the parents burned him. Yeah. I'm you're actually really making me interested in seeing this, but no, you should. And I, I can't believe and you so, haven't seen but it. But here's the deal: when I talk to my boys about and all these kids, to, I was doing research asking kids, they don't think those movies are scary. That's because they're idiots. <laughs> but they're also because the technology, like you're watching a movie that was made in 1985, and I feel like we, including them, are so desensitized. Like I think if we went and watched that. I don't think we'd feel like, oh, this is really scary. But like, now <sighs> you'd you'd still feel this some of the things you felt back then, but I would just from a PTSD standpoint. Yeah. Oh, totally. Oh. You you ready for my number yeah. two? I am. Oh. <laughs> uh the Blair Witch project. Oh my God. That was, oh. a, that was a big one when I was in high school, I could feel like. Or middle so, school. Oh, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I would have been middle school. So so basically the premise we didn't know anything. Yeah. And they spent like five hundred thousand on this movie. Yeah. Genius. So I went and watched it at the theater. Have you seen this ruck? No. Oh my <laughs> god. So it is for some people, it's hard because it's a lot of moving. It's, it's kind of like, like a documentary. Like somebody with a camcorder. Yes. Yeah. So basically, there's three... I mean, I think... So three film students did a documentary, and then they were found uh, a year ago, and they captured their video. Yeah. And when I went to that... I was just like, oh my God, that like this could be real. And then it turns out, you know, it's not. At first, everyone thought it was real. Well, the next day, I had to sleep in a tent by myself at the cabin. And if you want to talk about somewhere where it's dark, we're 2,000 feet in the middle of nowhere, and I'm in a tent by myself. And I've done that a lot, but not after watching a movie. Yeah. And so I was like hearing things and I'm, I actually opened up my tent because what happens is when you die in the movie, it's like you wake up and you find like a pile of rocks that are stacked up on top of each other. That's like the sign that you're next. I believe they call that a cairn in the hiking world. Mm. So like... So there'd be like three or four or five rocks on top of each other. Yeah. And then you're like, oh my God, uh, I'm going to die today. Oh, sheesh. So I woke up twice in the middle of the night and opened up the tent. To make sure there were no rocks. Yes. And so a week later, <laughs> we pulled we pulled that on, a, on our buddies. <laughs> After they had just watched the movie, I think it freaked them for life. But do you remember when that came like, out? <laughs> so... Do you remember it came out, and for a while after it came out, people weren't sure if it was real or not. 
Do you remember that, Morgie? Yeah, 100%. So everyone, that was the whole thing. And, it be, and of course, it comes out it's false. Yeah. Um, Tara wanted me to, t- like, she had a great write-up on it. It grossed, like, $280 million worldwide, and it cost 500000 Like, it was crazy how, um, oh, I'm going to tell you right now. The movie gained all kind of public attention and freaked everyone out, speculating it was true. The budget was so low that they made so much money on that. It was the 10th highest grossing film in the U.S. in 99. $250 million. So I was at a baseball tournament in Kent, Washington, and we got rained out. So I went to that movie, and it was during that stage that we talked about where people didn't know if it was real or not. And the last scene of that movie, spoiler alert, where the, the guy yes. is standing facing the wall. Oh. Yeah, I'm getting goosebumps. I wanted this, like I screamed out loud. Like so, it's, but, but some people won't watch it because you might get a little motion sickness. Like, sure. because you're like, they're running in the woods. It's like a camera. Yeah. You know, it's like that type of stuff. So do you ever get to see who or what is happening to them or they just disappear? Or should I not ask I'm that? I'm not going to tell you anything because I want you to watch it. And I'll watch it with you. Yeah, I will and watch you know that what? by myself. I will watch it with you here. Because hmm. my basement is a great place to watch a movie. You know, and it's also very dark. Um, yeah, you know, I, I was watching a movie at my house the other day. And I've got the double bass going. And have you guys seen Interstellar? Yes, I have. And you've been to my house. You yes. felt oh, it's amazing. Bass, but Interstellar, dude, that movie makes me cry every time. I don't know what it is. Like when he's reunited with his kid who is now 40 years older than him. That's just an emotional thing for me. Um, well, hey, before we reveal our number one movie, uh, we're going to take a break, and uh, we will be right back. All right. Welcome back to the View from the Rock podcast. That was our last break, a little impromptu break. Some people have, as we found out in previous episodes, smaller bladders than others. Um we're going to reveal our most scary movie choice at this point. I'm going to start it off with a movie that definitely changed some behavior, which kids won't understand what that really was that changed at this point today because of how TV works. Uh, it's also a movie that was filmed out here in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, and if you watch I it, know what it is. you're going to uh-huh. see some scenes that look really familiar to you. And that movie's The Ring. Uh, the Ring really <laughs> freaks you out from a lot of different perspectives. It's right up against the edge of what I'll watch because it's kind of paranormal. Um, so the, the I think the idea is that there was this kid or person girl I forget now at this point who has kind of some terrible stuff happen to her and ends up getting killed and then I believe haunts oh man now I'm forgetting some of the okay details. so rock real quick yeah 
Um, I watched the movie last night with Rowan and Kelly. The Ring? Yes. Okay. And I forgot all a lot of it, too. Well, the, the so, ring, so okay. do, you, you know what happens? The synopsis? The Ring is a well, right? So the yeah. there's a, like, way long time ago, mo- the mom, like, tries to kill her daughter. Right. And throws her, like, in... In the well, she lives or ki- or doesn't, and then is possessed, and then yes. the whole entire like possesses her mom and the family. So the freaky part about the movie is that there's this videotape where if you watch this videotape, you will die within the next seven days, and the phone when, will ring. Yeah, you'll yeah totally, but but. Watching the the film, the idea is that you don't even realize it. Like you flip the TV on, and it just so happens that that is what's in the VCR, I guess. And what it looks like is static on the TV. And for those of you that are not old enough to know what static on the TV is, it's like when you midnight used to turn on a broadcast and there wasn't any signal. It would be like snow is what they would call it it would be like this black and white sort of fuzzy thing on the tv really weird. back then there wasn't 24-hour tv and I'm, i think so it's because it wasn't digital would, yeah right and so what would happen is as soon as you watched it the phone would ring and you'd pick it up and then this person would say seven days right and it was based on a book by koji suzuki from japan it's actually a trilogy. Yeah. Yes, I, I found that out today. Yeah. Um, I haven't read those, obviously, because I don't want to read something like that. Um, I think that there was also a Japanese version of it that was made as well. Um, so there's some scenes that you'll see in the movie that are from here. Uh, you'll see Deception Pass Bridge. You'll see the, the road that winds up to it. There's a scene that... It's really weird with a horse. Um, and the horse falls off the ferry, and the ferry is a Washington State ferry. And Ruck doesn't like horses. I hate horses. So, oh it's my happy God. I just, falls I off. just, I, I watched the movie yesterday. Yeah. And hadn't seen it since what year? Uh, oh, when did it come out? That's what you're asking me? 2002? Yeah. Because I was like, oh, this is going to be close to my top three. And we watched it last night. So, was it as. Scary as I feel like it was, um, you know, it it wasn't. But Rowan, you know, he when there's a few parts where they show the girl, yes, terrible, like the where looks, she's crawling on the ground, oh, and just climbing out of the TV. Yes, oh, imagine. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like when I first saw it, that was scary because you know what would happen is that when you would turn on the TV, so like say out at my beach house. We have satellite, uh, not satellite, we have antenna TV out yeah. there. And so you'd get a lot of static. And after I saw that, I'd go out there and I would literally turn the TV on without looking at it so that I wouldn't have to look at that and try to tune into the the antenna so that I didn't see that. Because that was, it freaked me out. So, so then Naomi Watts. Yeah, star, oh, star of the show. Yeah. And she is Big a reporter fan. for the Seattle P.I., yeah, which doesn't, doesn't even exist, exist anymore. So I had to tell Kelly and Rowan that. I'm like, there used to be two papers in Seattle. Yeah. The Times and the PI. 
And so she uncovers like all these kids died on the same day mm-hmm. at 10 o'clock. And then finds out, and then she watches it. Her son watches it, the film, the little film, because her son is uh, possessed, yeah, and can see it all. And then the like the horse, because the daughter of the one that was pushed in the well, her mom was a horse trainer, or they owned horses, and they all went psycho. So at the same time, this was kind of a there was. Was The Ring based on a Japanese <clears throat> horror movie? And then there was another one that came out called The Grudge. Yeah. That might have been from, based on a Korean horror movie. And it changed the genre. It did. There was a heavy 20 Asian years ago. influence. And then it just went, yeah. But I was like, hey, we're going to watch this right now. And then all of a sudden, we coming back from Grandpa Bill's. Rock, we watched it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So the grudge was not to me as scary as the ring. But yeah, see, I need to rewatch that too. I'm, and I, I believe it was grudge. based on a movie called Jew On. Well, I guess I believe everything that the, you say. Um I could be making No, you're one hundred percent correct. The original film, Jew On the Grudge. That or, that's an extra bonus point for swap. Thank yeah. you. So are you ready for my number one? Hit it. Okay. So this is not it's not going to be a shock to anybody, but Halloween, the original Halloween, and Michael Myers. Oh my God! It's it's a great movie. It, I think it uh, started that entire genre of slasher movies. Yeah, and whenever it came out, nineteen seventy nine, nineteen eighty, I was living with my dad on Eighth Street, you know, right up the road here, and he was teaching middle school. And about 10 o'clock at night, one night, a bunch of middle school students came over. And to spend the night? No, they no, they oh they were like, we just saw this movie. They wanted to tell Mr. Swap about it. And I'm sitting there nine years old. And they're describing this movie to me. Where this guy is like wearing a mask. He's killing people. And every time you think he's dead or wounded, he is not. And it's a, it's a great killer name, Michael Myers. I was scared to death. It's great alliteration. Thank you. But I, I know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is he like supernatural? Well, in the original, I don't think he was supernatural. But they definitely die. He he didn't die. So maybe he was supernatural. But hmm. then they had all these sequels that were stupid. Well, they don't count. Like, we're just talking about the original Jamie Lee Curtis one. And, you know, the thing with the original is there was, like, there was, like, no blood. Really? Yeah, if you watch that. I, I guess I haven't seen it. I oh. thought I had, but. You haven't seen Halloween? No. So, like, the original, it's just, it's just bad acting, though, too, when you watch them now. But back then... Jamie Lee Curtis is legend. Oh, my gosh. They, there's probably seven Halloweens now. Yeah. And six Friday the 13th. So from what I'm reading here, the idea is that he is a mental patient. When he was six years old, he stabbed his sister uh, to so, death. So the movie starts with a flashback. Okay. And you are watching it through the eyes of Michael Myers. 
as he stabs his sister to death. And then his parents show up and say, Michael, and he's holding a knife. And then he goes to a mental institute. Flash forward to 1978 or whatever it is. It's an amazing movie. It it re it it invented a genre. Yeah. Yes, hundred percent. That went to. It was Halloween. Then it was Jason from Friday the Thirteenth. Yes. And then it went to uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. And those were the years, and we were watching all of them. Hellraiser. And all uh, Poltergeist. Poltergeist. So that's your number one. Halloween's my number one. Okay. And I every time that movie's on now, I will watch it. It's hard to find. Have well, it, it, I mean, I even without having seen the movie, I appreciate the sound. Like I know the Halloween soundtrack. Yeah, the, no, the sound when you even hear sound. the oh, dude, when you the, so that's why we were talking about it with horror movies. The sound. Mm. So evidently, what do you? So who is that person again? John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. No, that. Uh, wins that for an Oscar. That's the sound person. Uh, score? Score. So, John Carpenter, the director of Halloween, evidently plunked that out on the piano himself. Oh, really? I just gave myself Oh, I know. I mean, they are just, the, the sound. Like, I just, real quick, back to the ring, one time, like, when we were sitting there, I'm like, Rowan, like, looked at me one time when he saw that girl, she starts climbing out of the well mm, and starts walking or crawling like not normal. Yes. Like she's got broken limbs and then just starts crawling through the TV. When, the first time I saw that, I was like, oh my God, that's that's scary. Yeah. Okay. Dude, I cannot believe that. He, John Carpenter, is the director and he also composed and performed the music all and, of it yeah and he's not a music guy he plunked it out on the keyboard that's insane and it's not that like when you think about it like that sound but it is the creepiest when when that sound comes heard. on in the movie you're like oh god he's gonna go kill someone right now all right number one okay it's it's just that this is it the shining like Filmed in Oregon. Yep. Uh, I love Jack Nicholson. Oh. He's amazing. Um, I don't know her name. Is it Barb? Shelly Duvall. Shelly Duvall. She, she's uh, just an amazing. How just goes crazy. He's a writer. Ruck, have you seen it? Um, I've seen some bits of it. Oh, my God. You know, I used to have a poster in college at our college house. There was a lot of posters in college that you put up on your walls. Yes. We had one was The Shining. And there's a picture of him after he just broke, like, axed. Here's Johnny. (laughs) Oh, Jack Nicholson was amazing in that. Oh. So that's our, our, our only Stephen King feature like jaws steven was that by or no jaws was spielberg sorry no but stephen king is the is the author of the original the 
The Shining. So I don't know. Did he write a Jaws book? No, that was okay. Spielberg that did Jaws. I th- I was thinking of something different. The Jaws book was uh, Peter Benchley. He was pulling that. Oh out. my, that's God. crazy. See, that's why. Whatever Swap says, I will believe him. He well, could tell me something, and I would bet a thousand dollars to someone that, that he's right. Well, it is Peter Benchley. I, I understand. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I'm going to win a thousand dollars every time. When you, when you do, well, I'm just saying, like, the master of the horror genre, author wise, is Stephen King, and that's the only movie on our lists. So, hey, so here's another thing maybe we'll ask some people maybe our our next top threes, maybe top three Stephen King movies. Oh, I mean, I don't even think I've seen any. What? So, not not a top 10 horror movie, but when I saw the original Pet Cemetery in the theater. See, that's a horror movie. That scared that's a horror the movie. living crap out that of That scared it. me, too. I've never that seen that. That scared me. <sighs> so, here, like, a couple movies that are kind of just eh, honorable mentions. Okay. So, some Stephen King's. Carrie. The original was Sissy Spacek. Yeah. Christine. Christine. So Christine Rock is about a car. I've never heard of that. Oh, my God. It's amazing. It's a car that's possessed. Yes. Stephen King in the pantheon of American popular culture is... Is He's a great series... Like like a horror movie guy. He's amazing. So Christine, this car, is possessed... And then this guy drives it, and he doesn't know yet. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, the car goes out by itself and like kills people. And this guy thinks it's he's demolished. Like, yes. And then it comes back into the garage, and then in the next morning, it's brand new. <laughs> so like the 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 cops try and like it's kind of like my Honda Element, <laughs> <laughs> but even like it. Have you seen it? No. Have you seen the new It? No. I oh. Like I said, I don't watch horror movies. Hey, I'm going to tell you guys that I'm one of the few people that have read all of It. It's long. It's like it? 1,200 pages. Yeah. I. So, okay. this, is, this obviously, out of all the things we've talked about movie-wise, is my low point. This is, but you're, but, and I knew that this was what it would be. But your, but your movies could be in my top three. Like I didn't even think about Jaws until today. Well, and I would just like, like to point out, like your pick of The Shining, like the director Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, like he has a lot of amazing movies that are seminal to the last one hundred years and culture wise, and he's got also one of the great science fiction movies one of the great uh, horror movies like what an amazing director to be able to pull that sort of thing off and then along the same lines of spielberg well i remember my dad telling me jaws is a slasher movie but the slasher is a shark yeah yeah so real quick a few of the uh, honorable mentions yes a quiet place I need to see that. I haven't oh. seen it. Oh, my God, Ruck. And it's in your... No, you know what? There's nothing on this list I've seen, so... Uh, Get Out Kevin. is the... Uh, uh, Jordan Peele. Yeah. Need yep. to see it, too. It's good. Psycho. Alfred Hitchcock. Dude, Psycho. The original Psycho. Eek, Creepiest eek, crap eek, you've ever like, seen. So, I know. See, I would actually open up the shower. Okay. So, okay. 
I haven't seen the movie, but I know that that movie and that scene well enough that just even knowing that scene, when I would be in the shower when I was younger, I I would like oh be freaked out sometimes. Dude, that movie and there was Psycho Two, like Bates Motel. Oh my God, Bates Motel is iconic. Yeah, and they had a spinoff on it. So uh, hey, twenty eight days later. Okay, I take it back. I've seen that. That's an amazing movie. Yes. So it's basically a zombie movie, yeah. but it's based upon like a virus. Yeah. And I'm gonna bring one up here that's not on the list that I'm curious if you guys have seen. Uh, Thirty Days of Night. Mm. Have you seen that? No, no. No. So the premise is it's a vampire movie, but it takes place in Alaska during the thirty days where it's absolutely dark and there's no sun. And the idea is that vampires can't go out in the sun. And so this town is just overrun by these vampires. It's So my number was really close to my number three is Saw. And all the Saws. Because uh, Kelly's dad, Papa B, was a huge guy. Like, he loved Saw. So I watched it with him. And it's like, do you know the premise of those movies? I've seen Saw. It's a, I mean, it's like a... That's a scary movie. It, but yeah. it's um, like a puzzle. There's a, you know? the, yeah, there's a key in your eye. If you don't rip out your eye, then you're dead to yeah. unlock, to be safe. You know? Right. Uh, Hellraiser. Never saw it. The Friday the 13th, If the Hills Have Eyes. That was a freaky looking movie. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Swap. Yeah. Leatherface. Yeah, there was one in like 1974. That was it, the yeah. original. What about um, Seven? Oh, yeah. See, that's not on there. That's the Brad Pitt movie, right? Yeah. The Purge. So that's a newer one, basically, where it's one night where the entire uh, United States is in uh, martial law. Yeah, I've seen that movie. It's a fun movie. So there is, is a... There's another one, and I can't think of the name of it, but I just realized there was another one I couldn't get through. There's a deaf woman, and there's she's in a cabin in the woods, and there's a killer, and she can't hear him. Ooh. I couldn't get through it. Mm. How about the new movie by M. Night Shyamalan? Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. But cool. how about Signs? Or The Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense. That freak, yeah. That like was freaky. Oh, my No, like, those God. are scary. How Sixth about, Sense how about was it's... the biggest twist ever. Yeah. Couldn't believe we couldn't see What's it What's the one with Bryce Dallas Howard when she was first, like, when they're, like, living in this area? This, there were Signs. There was another one. Um, the Village? The Village. The village. Oh, my God. And then you find out that they were just living... Like in a simulation? Yes. It's like the the book running out of time. So, Swap, real have qu- you read that book? No. So, one of the movies that I looked up, there was a lot of old movies, like Dracula, all, you know, An American Werewolf in London. So, here is Empire is a website that reviews movies and TV shows on the interweb. And here was their top 10. Just real quick. Okay. Yeah, let's wrap this bad boy up. Number 10, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep. Nine, Exorcist. Eight, Jaws. Seven. Nosferatu. That sounds amazing. 
six, Evil Dead Two. Wow. Never over, over the first one. Haven't seen either. Have you? Five no, I have not. Five Halloween. Four The Thing. Nineteen eighty two. Kurt Russell. Yes. Three Scream. Two Alien. Dude, Sigourney Alien Weaver. Is, Sigourney Alien, Weaver. Alien is scary as poop. Well, the guy comes out of the 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 little creature comes out of the guy's stomach. So I'll say that I didn't see it until a couple years ago, and it was still like, it was still like you didn't see it until 2020. I watched it during COVID. Um, it was uh, like not. It wasn't scary to me. It was very like you didn't know what was going to happen next and that sort of a thing. So. It made, it gave me the idea of what kids these days would see in a movie that's one of the scarier movies supposedly, but Alien Two old. is scarier, really. Yeah, and then number one according to Empire, thank you very much, Morgie. The Shining. The Shining is really good, and it apparently got bad reviews when well, it came I out. I mean, think about it. Red Rum. When the sun is saying Red Rum over and over, and then the twins are. In, Riding their trikes through the hotel. Do you remember that? I do. I remember all of it. Stephen King is he's a legend. So he's written some stuff the last couple of years that is not horror, that is really good, like fantasy, right? Well, he wrote one called Billy Summers about a hired killer. Well, the Dark Tower isn't that like fantasy? Fantasy, epic yeah. fantasy. Yeah, you know, obviously from this list, I've got a lot of homework to do. Um, find out. I definitely am going to watch A Quiet Place, Get Out. Um, oh, This Is Us? This is, or no, it's called Us. Okay. This oh, is This us. Is Us was NBC. This Is Us. Is so a, it's NBC. another one yeah. that yeah. Yeah. our it's wives another, watch and they yeah. cry every time. It's another, yes. Us is another Jordan Peele movie. Um, yeah, so... I've got some work to do. So, hey, Rock, you're yeah. welcome to be here, and we're going to watch some this summer. Blair Witch Project. Oh, we'll watch it here. There was another one. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, that. Maybe Halloween. Rock. Huh, it's going to be a scary summer. Oh, oh my hey. God. So here's what's going to happen. We're going to watch Blair Witch Project, and then we're going to go take a walk in the woods. Oh, no, up to the I caves. Don't, I don't think that you guys can handle it. No, I don't think I can either. <laughs> Morgie, we're going to watch Blair Witch Project with the boys and not tell them that it's fake. <laughs> and then, guess what? We're going to go to the cabin. Make them camp. I think Brady wouldn't do well <laughs> if there are rocks sitting outside his tent when he wakes up. Uh, correct. You know? <laughs> Dads of the year right here. Um, on that note, um, thank you for listening in. I'm going to go do some homework, watch some movies. and uh, I'm We're gonna headed to, to the staff party, baby. Yeah, yeah let's uh-huh. go. This is yep. going to be a great School night. Out for <laughs> summer. Uh, and you can find our podcasts at YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, and anywhere else that you get your podcasts. Uh, we'll be back soon, hopefully. And in the meantime... Hope that your summer is off to a great start.